and welcome back for another edition of Alone Against the Flames. When we last left off, um, a lot of weird things going around this little goofy town. We got a winter man, uh, you know, a wicker man thing going out in front of a cliff, burning, um, which make kind of funny because the town is Emberhead. Uh, the lodging's uh, woman's daughter is all creepy as all get out. Strain in the town. I don't want to walk out of town. I need motor transportation because I don't even know where the next town is. So, two days here and it's already creepy. So, let's continue on. The Lad Better kitchen is empty, although breads and eggs have been laid out for your breakfast. There's a note from me explaining that she had taken Ruth out for a few hours. Well, how convenient is that? If you were involved in a fight in the village last night and want to investigate the acromath, go to 70. Otherwise, 78. Alrighty. You make a quiet circuit of the village, pursuing an unobtrusive places to watch the villagers. It is rather busy for this time of morning. Yawning locals stream back and forth along the roads, carrying bundles of split logs to the site of what you heard referred to as the beacon. As you see two figures already up in the superstructure arranging the wood, the festival bonfire will be most impressive. But do you intend to stay to see it? Uh, God willing, no, I hope not. You suspect right now that something is amiss here. While investigators are distracted, you may do some illicit investigation. Or you may simply leave town without looking back. Ooh, okay. So, I got five choices. I can either look at May Ledbetter's bedroom, go alone in the village hall, take a closer look at the artisan's courtyard, Spy an activity at the beacon, slip down the east row, and flee for good. All right. Well, considering they're out for a few hours, let's look at Maeve Ledbetter's bedroom. Despite her hospitality, you do not trust Maeve Ledbetter. You return to her house quite openly. Where else will you, would you go? Inside the dwelling is still empty. You rap on the bedroom door and wait. Silence. You ease it open. The Ledbetter bedroom is marked in contrast to your own neat space. Dirty clothes are piled about the floor. On a rough quilt lie school books and cheap novels. You notice a raggedly old doll discarded down the side of the bed. Make a spot hidden roll. All right, I haven't been really good with these, man, but come on. Give me one. Give me a pass, man. I got a 50. 50 or, 50 or lower. Oh, no. Nope. 80. Okay, if you fail, go to 89. You go through the Ledbetter's drawers. The only item of interest you find is a wedding photograph. May's husband was a wiry man with a square chin. Despite the formality of the pose, you can see the affection between them. You feel a pang of guilt at your intrusion. Also, May might return at any time. If you wish to push the spot and hidden roll, make the roll again. Uh, yes, I would rather. Feels like it's like one of these cliche movies where you're, you know, sneaking around and you press for time. And you didn't think they're going to come back. She might come back. So let's see. Oh, that's even worse. 97. I fail. Go to 101. A shadow falls across to you. So, May Ledbetter says, you know. You try to get to your feet. A mob of villagers spill from behind her and surround you. You struggle, but you cannot resist. The sheer weight of their numbers, you are quickly overpowered. Turn to 108. A fading... This has gone down uh, a really bad path for me now. The fading light from a narrow window tells you the afternoon is giving way to evening. Your hands are shackled behind your bag. You cannot even lie down on the rough bed. 
A woman you have not seen before comes in. Her face is wrinkled and her eyes dull. They do not meet yours, but she puts a cup to your lips. To accept a drink, 104. To re- no way, I'm going to reject that. You turn your face away, and when she tries again, you dash the cup from her hands using the side of her head. The clear liquid spills across the floor. The woman gives a half shrug and turns to leave the room. You shout after her, but she gives no reaction. You soon become thirsty. I still don't think that was water, but okay. I'm going to... 205. As the light fades outside, your little prison becomes dark. You can hear much activity around the building. Occasionally, an orange glow passes the window. The only comfortable position in the shackle seems to be seems to sit at the end of the bed with your arms dangling behind you. You need to concentrate and come up with a plan. There is clearly no escape from your bonds. You do not know exactly what your captors want from you, but you cannot ignore the fact that they have spent the entire day constructing a massive bonfire. The door scrapes, wrenching you back in the moment. Orange light spills into the house from the blazing torches that held at the threshold. Two large villagers steps in and grabs you. At least you assume they are villagers. They wear heavy black cloaks. Their faces and hands are painted entirely black, save for a red triangle centered on their left eye. You try to drag your legs, but they reach under your arms and you lift and lift you bodily from the bed. Outside, it seems that the whole village has congregated to see you. Every single one has a blackened face with a red triangle motif. Torches sputter and spill fire. You struggle, and you can only see physical resistance is hopeless. You are marched towards Central Street and turned to face the beacon. I have a feeling I'm going to be roached. Okay. The procession down the approach is slow and formal, save when you wake, sense weakness, and yank at your captors. A chill touches you when you see three human shapes carried ahead of you, draped in red cloth. The beacon looms larger and larger. In its dreadful silhouette, a black triangle pointing to the stars. A low drone begins amongst the cloaked figures, unabidden. The word mourners comes to mind. Smoke from their torches makes you cough. You can feel heat on your face. As you reach the clear area around the beacon, three dancers break from the pack. Young girls swinging balls of fire in spectacular arcs, drawing circles in the night air. One by one, they draw close to you and touch your forehead with sooty fingers. Each kisses you three times, left cheek, right cheek, and forehead. Then they whispered into your ear. The smell of kerosene fills your nostrils. Ooh, make an app roll, huh? So my app is a 60. What do I got? I uh, passed this one. All right, we're going to go to 10. Through your sacrifice, the village will be reborn, says the first dancer. You pass from earth to air for all our sakes, says the second. I weaken the chain, says the third. Don't try to escape until the flames are high enough for to hide you. You stare at the third dancer. That inky visage, you clearly discern the frightened features of Ruth Ledbetter. Their dances wave off and disappears behind the buildings. As you arrive beneath the beacon, ten villagers close in on you. Working with surprising coordination, they immobilize you and lift you up the blackened iron stairs to the raised platform. You cannot help but shiver at the sight of the central framework, twisted from the past blazes and what you can now clearly see be fastening points for chain. None of the eyes meet yours as they lash you to the metal. 
The village sings now. Something rhythmic and ancient, carved from odd syllables. A second group ascends to the beacon, carrying the three red-draped bodies. With reverence, they arrange their burdens in a triangle around their, your feet, and then, then they withdraw, leaving you alone with the dead shin-deep in a sea of kindling. It seems the entire village is gathered around the beacon to watch you burn. Behind the face paint, you recognize Maylad better, and yes, that is Silas, the coach driver, standing at her side. The audacity and scale of the deception staggers you. The man steps up out of dais, raises his hands with quiet authority. The frame of a spectacle obscures the red triangle on his face. So we draw here together again on this night as we do each year and give thanks to the one who will preserve the village against the fire of the void. You will be taken by the ones from above in our stead. Your death will bring life to our streets and bounty to our fields. It will safeguard our children and our elders alike for another year. We salute you. He bows his head. All around the beacon, Bearer steps forward, lifts her torches to the edge of the race platform. A ring of tiny flames flicker up around the perimeter as they wink the singing of the villagers dropped to an unearthly rhythm. Uh, to throw all your remaining strength against the bonds, go to 44. Or to wait and see what happens, go to 40. Well, they told me not until the fires get up, so it just started. So we're going to wait and see what happens, go to 40. The flames snake across the kindling, catching and rising. Smoke rises and becomes difficult to see the villagers. Three bodies surrounding you catch as fire, blazing with sooty red flames. You begin to cough as the smoke enters your lungs and fight down the urge to panic. If you learned a strange chant in which to try it, this would be the moment. Otherwise, go to 65. I don't know that chant, so we're going to go this. Aww. <laughs> flames look at your legs your eyes water you are surrounded in smoke it might be your imagination but you think you can feel a slight given the chains you throw yourself against them giving no thought how they might bite in your wrists take 1d6 points of damage from the fire if this reduces you to zero you collapse and burnt to death that would be the end otherwise make a strength roll okay so I'm going to take 1d6 and I'm going to have to do a strength uh, I'm taking four points of damage. So it's going to drop me down to six. And I got to make a strength check. Man, I really need to make this strength check. So, 45. If I succeed, 93. If I fail, 77. Uh, 76. I had failed. Go to 77. Chains give a little more. You feel like you can overcome them if you only had a little more time. But as you feel the flesh of your legs char, the fire spreads up your jacket and licks at your face. And you know you have to run. And now you know you have run out of time. You have burnt to death in the beacon. Why not try again? By making different choices, you may be able to escape out with the people of Emberhead. The end. <laughs> oh, man. I really wish I would have passed that. So... Just for the sake of your argument, because there's not too many stuff, I'm going to go through this book. I might do this thing like maybe once a year or something like that just to be reacquainted by it. But let's just say I did make the strength check. So let's see what our bonus would be here. So if I did succeed that strength throw, all right, let's go 93. Oh, doesn't really matter. I don't know. It, it might matter. Desperation lends, lends you strength, and you yank what gets to be the weak point in the chain. It breaks. You throw the chain off, stumbling across one of the red shrouded corpses, heading away from the watching villagers. You cough. Your hair and eyebrows smolder. 
take 1d6 hit points of damage. So I'm at 6. Don't roll a 6, Tim. I rolled a 4. I'll be down to 2. I am torched. Uh, I did not go up in flame, so I can go to 137. Let's go to 137. You leap from the conflagration on the far side of the beacon. Your heart lurches momentarily at the sight of a sheer drop beneath you, but you land a few inches short of the edge. You roll to extinguish your burning clothes. Your lungs feel singed. Everything hurts. The challenge of the villagers gather in intensity. You peer around Boston, but they don't seem to have noticed your absence amidst the billowing smoke. Most of them are staring into the sky. You crawl as rapidly as you can for the cover of the nearest building. With villagers assembled at the beacon, the streets are empty, and you're able to pad away from the blaze. You must get out of the town before they finish. Chanting seems to accelerate as you as you round the corner of the southern row. Here, parked against the side of the general store, you have your first piece of luck since approaching Everhead. A bicycle. You have learned to ride one of these in Providence. You settle the, you settle into the saddle. Your burned flesh protests at the contact. I do not want to wait. I'm just getting the hell out right now because I am hurting. So let's go to 185. I don't want to observe... Who knows, this whole time I go up in a big old ball of fire. 185. It takes a moment to recapture the skill of the riding the bicycle, but after the first turn to the east, there's a long downhill hill out of Emberham. You hear screams and crackles above you, but the concentrated balancing and working the pedals in your weakened state. You've had too many hopes dashed in this abomination of a village. You keep your head down and ride away. 20 minutes later, with no sign of pursuit, you stop for a breather at the top of the hill. You can see Emberham rise in the distance. The entire village appears to be in blaze. Dark column of the smoke above it will be visible for many miles, but if the village is that is as isolated as it seems, is help is unlikely to arrive in time. You watch the place burn for five minutes. Then you mount the bicycle again, ride towards civilization, and dawn. Congratulations, you survived this adventure. You may keep your investigator sheet and use it for another Call of Cthulhu adventure. If you check mark the small box besides any skills, you will have a chance to improve it through experience. The end. <laughs> that's pretty cool uh, that's really cool that's not too bad I mean I don't know what would happen if you would I would imagine if you would have stayed around and looked at it um, it would have just torched you so I forgot where that place was at now I love like these choose your own adventure books but the, this these had a little more meaning so yeah if i want to observe what was going on the beacon i go to 168 and 168 oh it would just give you a little more narrative and then then it'll take you to escape away oh this is so cool that's not a bad avenue so we did finish alone against the flames this was a fun fun journey even though the first time i completely tanked man my dice rolling is abysmal and i thought i did all right but man, just unforgiving stuff. So that will wrap up Alone Against the Flames. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, I know this is a short one because I, I didn't I didn't know how long that was going to last from the first one. But that's why I gave you a couple more different alternate endings to see what I would have picked out. Um, but yeah, it definitely gives you a feel. And I like kind of like how it helps you build a character up from the ground up um, as it teaches you to play the game. But the next two I have, they're a little bit beefier. So the books are a little bit bigger uh, and a lot more choices. And I get to control a little more character creation. So the first one I have is Alone Against the Dark. And they flat out call this a mini campaign where I would be controlling, I believe, four investigators. And uh, there is a score 
here too. They kind of rate you on it and how well you do. So I'm going to read up on that this weekend because I got nothing else better to do with this uh, Corona scare going on. And the other one is the uh, Alone Against the Frost. Now, I know all of these were reprints from like 30 years ago. They dressed it up and made it compatible with 7th edition. And um, but still, for a solo edition, this is a lot of fun. Really cool stuff. Um, and this stuff's still all available, so you can pick it up. I know they can pick it up on the Call of Cthulhu website. It's on PDF, too. Uh, if you can't make it to a store, but you can, you know, grab your favorite device, get it that way. Um, you well, The only thing you really need is either the Quick Start um, rules, or if you do have the Keeper rulebook like I do, or an Investigator Handbook, those will work just as well, too. Uh, but yeah, give it a, give it a peruse, give it a check out. And honestly, if you buy the starter rules, and I just found this out after the fact, you will get Alone Against the Flames with it. And that's how they actually teach you if you're learning to read the whole thing out. It doesn't give you all the rules, but it allows you to jump in and play. And then there's two other books that'll help you build, like, a, they give you like a, a scenario that you can play with a, with a couple friends, like a dozen investigator sheets and, um, and some dice. Uh, really really generic looking opaque dice but hey dice is dice but uh really cool i think it was like under 25 bucks or something like that so go ahead and give it a look it's at chaosium.com but i'm sure you can find it like amazon or any other big shops or you can find it at your local game shop if they have a really good robust selection of role-playing games uh, i would give that a look so that will wrap up this quick edition and um uh, Look forward to that. I am still working on the other campaigns. I'm still doing Quarantine Con, so look for that shortly. I'm going to wrap that up. I'm still going to work on the violinist. Marvel Monday will continue. I tend to do that like every other weekend, so I might play with another hero. Uh, yeah, and then still running the Lord of the Rings. Still going through that. Got my butt whooped on the Redhorn Gate. Woof. Lordy have mercy. And that was uneasy. It just got clobbered. So... Good times, good times around. Well, that'll wrap it up. I'm still I'm just John and talking just because of the sake of talking. Get a hold of me, Tim, at ArkhamsKids at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy.